everyone, my name is Derek and I am a dildo smith. I am the creator of Amavidi and I make dildos every day. I'm here to do the weekly AMA, Ask Me Anything. This is Ask a Dildo Smith, where I answer your questions about all things relating to dildos, lubes, dildo making, or anything else that might come up. Alright, so, let's see. You're here. You're not watching the sports ball. Isn't there like some kind of big football thing going on or something. Anyway, um, so yeah, I appreciate everybody showing up this evening. We, let's see, we did a, we did an episode last week on Etsy and why you should and why you shouldn't use Etsy for your own artistic endeavors or your, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Adult stores. So uh, you might want to go back and check that out. Um, the recording of the live stream is up. I have gotten through the last five episodes. I've gotten them edited and they are uploaded, but I still need to go back and add titles and uh, let's see, descriptions and things like that. So yeah, that is what we did last week. I've got George over here running the chat and wrangling questions for me. You can drop your questions into the chat if you like, or you can send me a direct message on Twitter. Twitter is, what is my handle on Twitter? At Amavidi Studios. And that's A-M-A-V-I-D-I. Studios. I would be remiss if I never mentioned my website where you can find all of our toys and such. That would be www.amavidi.com. That's A-M-A-V-I-D-I.com or amavidi.etsy.com. Let's see if there is something else that I needed to get out of the way before we got started. Uh, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different where I actually have like a slideshow and visuals and stuff so we'll see if I can get that to work uh, what else uh, I did some experiments this week uh, I thought I'd throw them off a little bit I have my box of interesting bits um, we'll start off with this one this was let's see if I can do this right this one is Saturnalia in rainbow colors so if you're ever looking for a pride toy this would be a great one there's purple blue red then yellow down here orange green yeah so it's all in there um that one was crazy we did there's at least seven maybe eight colors in that. I know there's at least seven. Uh, so that was kind of crazy trying to get that one bored in the appropriate amount of time. There was a somebody else. This was a couple of weeks ago, I think on Twitter, somebody made the request for a toy in the asexual colors. And I don't know if, See if I can get uh, to the other camera. 
kind of hard to see with this camera, but there is the purple in it. And I think this was the first one we did. We did a second one. We did kind of a revision on that. And so it's got the black, the gray, the white, and the purple in there. And uh, that one was a lot of fun. We also went in kind of a weird direction with this one. This is a Parabolica and it's very alien, almost Lovecraftian, Cthulian. Uh, it's got that nice green and silver and black. And this one was just kind of a weird little experiment to see. George is over here laughing at me. Um, oh, and I've got one here that I'm going to show off as an example of what go what can go wrong. Not necessarily our worst flops, but this is something that can go wrong with these. And you can see on this one the way that that color smears down the length here and through here. And it really should have much more defined ribboning throughout it. So that one is an example of, yeah, this technically this was a custom for somebody and it really just didn't end up the way we wanted it to. So we're going to redo that one. So those are some of the experiments that we did this week and it kind of feeds into the topic for tonight, which is, you'll have to forgive me. The cat has decided that now is the time to go play in a box with the really loud wrapping paper. So, oh, she's taking a break. Maybe we can get this in here. So the topic for tonight was art versus business. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, is it art? Is it business? Art versus business? Are they? And how do they relate to each other? And I think that this is probably somewhat romanticized a little bit. And people, well, I have a pers perspective on it. Maybe I'll just jump into it and you'll figure out what my perspective is. So let me see if I can get this to work. Go presentation mode and then we go back to the beginning and we do this. All right. So you can still see me. You can still hear me. And uh, there's probably even some music in the background, which is kind of nice. So I feel like I'm back in college or high school or something. I'm doing a presentation about you know, a topic. Well, this is what I ended up doing. So is it art or is it business? Um, my personal opinion, and this is the big takeaway for me, art is business and business is art. So you should be doing both. Now I'll dive into that a little bit deeper, but I think that they are much more related than people would first suspect. There is a lot of creativity in business. And you really have to really push the creativity within your business in order to stand out from the crowd. 
In terms of art, I think that art is business. I'm going to put a one caveat on there, which we'll come to in a moment. But I think that they are so related and people romanticize the idea of art. And then they think of business as something that is very structured and very, what's it? There isn't any juice to it. There isn't anything besides money. And I would argue the other way. Uh, Art is business unless you are doing it purely at, George has a good word for it, sterile. Yeah, business, people uh, people think that business is very sterile and it doesn't have to be. Unless you're doing it purely for your own enjoyment, you are doing it for someone else. Now, that's kind of my caveat here is that there are things that people do that are creative and are artistic, but they do it for themselves. And that might be a journal or a sketchbook, something like that, that they don't share with anybody else. And it's purely for their own enjoyment and for them to explore and enjoy the process. And that's totally fine. But if you're not hiding it, you're putting it out there, you are doing it for someone else. And I would argue that if someone else enjoys it, then they should pay you for it. And that's where the business comes in. And, you know, there might be some room there for somebody who who only gives away their artwork. Um, Possibly somebody like Banksy. I don't know if Banksy has ever sold any of his art, but he does put it out there for the public to see. So there are occasions where putting it out there for the public doesn't necessarily mean that you want to get paid, but there's nothing wrong with getting paid for doing something that other people enjoy. If you do it, or if you enjoy it, and you're purely doing it for your own enjoyment, it is okay to get paid for it. So this is the step that a lot of artists have a hard time making. And it's this step between that thing that you keep so private you don't share with anybody else, and then you start to share it. You haven't figured out what the value of it is, and you haven't figured out how people enjoy it. And so I think it's worth reminding these artists who are coming out and starting to share their work that it's okay to get paid for doing something that you enjoy, doing something that people enjoy and that they see value in. So it's okay to get paid for your artwork. And that's, that's where the, the business part comes in. And art is a very subjective topic, very subjective endeavor. And so it can be very difficult to figure out the value of your work. Sometimes kind of like what I do in the adult toy market, um, there are a lot of indie makers out there. And so I can look at their prices and see how I should approach my own pricing. 
So, yeah, I would say that, and this is a transition that I had to make, and and I think this might be why I'm kind of harping on this a little bit, is that for about a year, maybe a year and a half, I made silicone toys that were purely for my own exploration and learning the process and really just kind of diving deep into it. I shared it with a few very close friends and family, but I didn't tell the general public about it. And there came a point where George told me that I had to do something, either share it with the world or move on to a different project. And I took the chance and put it out there and people started to comment and they really liked what I was doing. So that put me on the path towards a business and going into this as a, a business as well as art. So George, you are more than welcome to remind me if there are any questions as I go along. So we did. All right, I'll have to take a look at that in a minute. Uh, maybe send it to me again in a message. Now, business is art. Uh, business doesn't have to be a grind. You should get paid for the things you enjoy if other people enjoy it too. And business is creative. These are kind of my bullet points here that I want to really get home is that business isn't, to use George's word, sterile. It is, I think of it as a creative endeavor. And so, yes, there's a transaction that happens and there are a lot of things that are important in the background, such as accounting and law and all the federal taxes. Those are the, the things in the background that have to exist. But it doesn't have to be a grind. I think that a lot of people look at their job, their nine to five job, and they think that business is like that. And it's not. I, I've had a few people ask me uh, how my businesses are going. And I kind of jokingly say, there's two ways of looking at this. Either I never work, ne I'm never working, or I am working 24 hours a day. And the thing is that if you enjoy it, it's not work. And so when I say, I, I mean, I don't work, I'm not working right now. Then they kind of look at me kind of strange, but I'm enjoying it. And so I realize I'm lucky and I've made that transition. But the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that once you make that transition from a job to a business, it becomes much more personal. And it's personal in the way that art is personal. So it's definitely a different mindset. Now, you should get paid for the things you enjoy if other people enjoy it too. And that's where the transactional nature of business comes in, which is that you have to bring value and you have to 
give somebody something so that they will give you money in return. Now, hopefully that's something that is unique and different and something that you enjoyed and they enjoyed. So let me take a second and read this question. Mm, um, Austin Cleon. Yeah. Uh, the guy who does a book called uh, Steal Like an Artist. That is, I mean, I might come back to that at the end. There's definitely a lot of ideas in that book. Um, the book is called Steal Like an Artist. And that dives into creativity and inspiration. And I want to kind of, I think that would be a good topic to come back to. So... Let's see. Also, how the hell do you do painting? No. Hmm. Okay. Um, I think that that question about painting them is about how we do pores and how we get the colors in them. So um, I'll come back to that one at the end as well. Now, I commented that business is creative and there are, I think the best way of putting this is that in order to be, I don't want to use the word successful, but you have to be creative about your business, including all of those things in the background that I talked about earlier, taxes, legal parts, the licensing, all of those things. I have a really good accountant, uh, somebody I've known for 25 years and he has been a really good resource and not that we do creative accounting, but he helps me understand the ways that I can approach the business and make it useful to me above and beyond the business itself. For example, these live streams. Um, you might remember at the beginning there, I said something about my website. That's because technically now this is advertising. And so everything involved in this live stream is now an expense. So the computer, the monitors, the cameras, the microphone, the keyboard, everything involved here including my subscription to Canva, which is what I use for creating the thumbnails and all of the things that go into it are now expenses. And so I get to do something that I enjoy, which are these live streams. I get to connect with my community and I get to have a conversation with people in a way that a lot of folks out there can't or won't and I still get to write it off as an expense. And so working with a good accountant, a good attorney, somebody that you can have a conversation with and they can help you understand where the boundaries are and then you can play, I'll use that word play inside those boundaries. So, you know, if, if I decided to upgrade the cameras, then those become 
useful to me in, in different ways besides just the live streams. And I think that's that's a whole question about efficiency. That that's something that uh, is a probably a whole conversation into itself. So, all right, how do I combine business and art? My, these are going to be my opinions. So, the things that will make you money are probably the things that you would do anyway. And the reason I say that is that. Your creativity has value. And this was something that you know, George and I kind of prepared for the session tonight. And this was one of those topics that people have to understand that your creativity has value. George has a few projects outside of working with me on these. And they are mostly in the theater arena but in the last year because of corona and you know the fact that you can't exactly put a whole bunch of people in a theater means that he hasn't had the opportunity to participate in the, the theater community as much and that has driven a really interesting pro project that i had the opportunity to work on where we brought together let me rephrase, where she brought together 12, 13, 14 artists who all worked together, but separately, and combined their various creative skills in a way that I've never seen before. And I think that's something that has a lot of value. And so as much as, you know, I want to say I appreciate it and as much as I say, I want to say I enjoyed it, there is a value there and I want her to have the opportunity to receive something for her creativity. So now would she have done this without Corona? Corona probably was a little bit of a, um, inspiration or a kick in the butt to do something different, but she's the one that brought the idea forward. Your community loves you because you do what you do and who you are. And I think that we sometimes forget that the reason that people enjoy or the reason that they follow us on Twitter or anything else is because they love what we do. And we have to remind ourselves that, that that love is because of who we are and what we do. So it's okay to do what you do and be who you are. Uh, play your greatest hits. Uh, this is kind of a, something a little bit different. And I think that it's it kind of feeds back into a little bit of creativity and that feeling of needing to like you need to constantly create something new but you will always grow tired of something long before your audience does long before your customers do and it's perfectly okay to go back and play your greatest hits. If, if you went to a concert and 
it was the Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger was up there and never sang Satisfaction. You'd probably feel a little bit let down, cheated. Yeah. So it's okay. What? Satisfaction came out, geez, 30, 40 years ago? I don't even know. I mean, those guys are ancient, but you will always grow tired of it long before your audience does. Um, so yeah, was that? Oh, okay. Uh, exploration or experimentation is when you get to play and it's okay to play. You should play. And I would even say that you need to schedule time to play. And when I say play, do you remember that all those toys that I pulled out earlier, all of these? was play. We took time to just experiment and see, can we do a pour with seven colors in it? Yeah, we can. And it actually comes out pretty good. And I would also argue that you should try to make mistakes. Now, I'm not saying that I should be trying to pour or mix my silicone wrong, but there are the rules that we kind of develop and these boundaries that we kind of place on ourselves. And I think that once you push those boundaries, even step beyond them and purposefully make a mistake in terms of what those boundaries are, then you're going to find something new. And that's where a little bit of that juice comes from. I would also say I'm going to quote Gary Vaynerchuk here, uh, share your playtime. And he has a phrase, a, a sentence, a document don't create. And what that really means is that you have this opportunity to document what it is that you're doing, pictures, video, um, even just talking about it. But you should be sharing that documentation with your audience. And you don't have to create something just to show it off. As you're playing and as you're exploring, document it and share that with your audience. So that is my presentation. So let's see if I can get back out of that and get to my notes. All right. So. What did you think? Any thoughts or questions? I, mean, I threw a lot at you there, but ultimately I think that art is business and business is art and you should be doing both. So definitely as you start to think about, or let me rephrase, if you think about creating your own business and the way I said that even is creating your own business, then it's okay to enjoy it. So, all right. Somebody see my cat. That was probably Fiona running around in the background there. So, all right. Austin Cleon did a book called steal like an artist. And he did a few others. Um, I think the second one was called Show Your Work. And Austin Cleon is a great read 
is very short. I mean, the book is maybe 50, 60 pages long. And the way that he thinks about creativity is that you don't have to be completely original and you probably aren't completely original. He also, let's see, I'll come back to that. I want to get through this thought. He also is able to kind of trace back some of the, some of the heritage of various artists and how they evolved into who they are. None of them sprung up completely formed and with no other inspiration other than what flows from their mind. And so when you feel like you're not creative enough, it's okay because us artists never feel like we're creative enough. We're always exploring. So. All right. How do you share your BTS besides this live stream? BTS, what is a BTS? Oh, behind the scenes. Um, I do a bad job of this. I, I'm always a little bit shy about sharing, you know, how I work. It's a, it's something that's very personal to me. And so it's something I'm not great at sharing behind the scenes kind of stuff. Now I'm often sharing things that are the results of things that are it's projects and exploration and experiments and things like that. But, um, I'm really bad about sharing my behind the scenes stuff. So what, what? Hey, you waste even a little bit too. such a horrid thing. For... Okay. I like this one. Brand flakes. From what I was raised to think that mistakes are okay, but failure and you waste even a little material is such a horrid thing to do prevents me from exploring and trying. Okay. Um, that's something you're going to have to get over. And that's a, a really harsh way of putting it, but, um, I guess another way of putting it is that you should budget for mistakes and that you should budget for wasting material. And that is okay. Let's see. Mistakes are not failures. And when I said earlier that I think you should try to make mistakes, I think that's, that's really important. And you should, I think the best way of putting it is just budget for mistakes and let yourself play and explore. And that's okay. And you may just have to let go of some of the thoughts that were put into your head as you were growing up and make the choice as to whether or not you want to continue to make room for those thoughts that other people put in your head or use that space for something that you enjoy. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Wabi Sabi. Uh, was that George? Did you have that comment? Okay. Um, 
I, I believe, and I hope I'm not completely wrong here, but I believe that the Japanese have something that they call wabi-sabi, which is that beauty is in the imperfection of a thing and that something that is broken is not less valuable because it is broken and that once it's repaired even then there is value in showing the its previously broken nature what its history i'm gonna take a second see if i can pull up some a picture of something that's wabi-sabi and forgive me i have to there's a good one i love this one I can do this. I think this should show you what I want to show you. There we go. Um, sorry, my head's in the way here. But you can see that this bowl was broken at one time. And they actually used gold to make the repair. And even highlight the repair that they made. And so this concept that something has to be perfect. Perfectionism is something that I am continually trying to let go of. And I'm learning to embrace the imperfection of the world. And that my perspective of something is probably a lot harsher than anybody else might think about it. All right, what was that? Why not try making some phallics just for the sake of art? Yeah, actually, I, there is a an event. I'm hoping that they'll be able to do it this year. Um, it's called Nude Something, the Nude Art Show, and it is a adult themed art show. And I actually want to take some of my old molds that aren't any good for production and do some really interesting things with them, including pouring a cold, that what they call it, cold poured copper. Cold, I think it's cold poured copper. Um, and do a series of my toys in gold silver and copper kind of a almost an olympic theme and finish them so that they look like metal and i want to put that into the, the art show so yeah i mean why not try making phallics just for the sake of art absolutely um it's something i'm gonna try if i <laughs> if we can ever get out of this pandemic then i'm absolutely going to be putting some of my stuff out there into different venues that aren't necessarily the other adult toy market, more into the art show and art gallery style. All right. So where are we at? George, give me a heads up on questions and things like that, that I need to get back to. Oh, here's one. How do you figure out the value of your art? Oh, 
You just want to drive me nuts with this one, don't you? The simple answer is find a comparable. And when I say comparable, I'm talking about somebody who's in a similar category. Like for me, it's the indie toy market. And look at what other people are doing. Now, if you're into more graphic arts or if you're into um, hand-drawn art, hand-painted art, uh, that can be a little bit tougher. Although I think there are still ways of seeing other people's works and how they're valued. I think that you're probably going to undervalue your work in the beginning and you will probably not charge what it's really worth. And huh, it's a cost of doing business. And um, there's a whole category in accounting, which is cost of doing business. And so I think about the artists who do fan art um, at say anime shows or on I've seen fan art on uh, Twitter and deviant art and things like that so I think that if you're creative uh, I use that word yeah if you do a little bit of research and you're creative about you what the way that you do it you'll find that there are people out there who are probably doing something similar to what you want to do and you'll be able to make that connection and how do you keep it accessible in the price range? Balance uh, business and art qualities. All right. How do you keep it accessible uh, on the price range? All right. There are, I think there are phases that you're going to go through. And like I said earlier, I think the first phase is that you're going to either give it away for free, which is severely underpricing yourself. Or the next step is going to be underpricing yourself. And if it's underpriced, then it's going to be accessible to the public. And it's going to be priced at a price that people are going to want to buy it. And then eventually you'll reach the point where you have too much work and that you have two choices. You can either stop taking in work or get even farther and farther behind, or you're gonna end up raising your prices. And you will eventually raise your prices to the point where your, your orders match what you're able to produce. So I don't think that you should be concerned with overpricing yourself at, at the beginning. I think you should be more concerned with underpricing yourself and underpricing yourself can have its uh its upside in that you will get a lot of work all right was there anything else hmm all right there's a good question why do i think an artist has the right to ask for payment i am a capitalist and um, that's not a bad word. It's, it's fundamentally the exchange of value for value. And 
if something if somebody enjoys something that you create you have the right to ask for payment you have the right to get paid so um, it's a for me it's a very simple question because of how i approach things and so i have no problem charging somebody for something if i think i'm bringing them value and i am probably there's a, a lot of insecurity in in my work that i probably undercharge on a lot of projects but i also enjoy them and so i'm okay with undercharging a bit why does the public think that art is free earlier when I said something about uh, people romanticize art they think of art as only something you see in a museum something you see um, that's a sculpture um, in a public place and they romanticize this idea of this artist who just gives and gives and gives and they often not everybody but the public often makes the mistake of thinking that well it was just your time i mean how much does a piece of paper cost paper pencils pens ink how much does that cost well that's just it it doesn't really matter what the materials cost what matters is how much they enjoy it and you know, I remember somebody asking a question of how do you deal with customers or comments who say, well, your product just isn't worth X number of dollars. Okay, that's fine. It's not the right product for you. It's not the right toy for you. It's not the right piece of art for you. And that's perfectly okay. And wish them well and move on. And so it's, uh, it's this weird dichotomy where people think of art as being something that is free in a museum, but then we see pieces of art selling for millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, there was a, was it a Da Vinci? Um, I can't remember who it was. It was sold for over $500 million and it was crazy, but people see that and they think art has value. But then when they meet the artist and they're working with an artist, sometimes they, they can't make that same connection with the value that that artist is producing. Was there a point where your maker side and your business side started to get along? Ooh, there was a point where I decided that I didn't want to have a job. And so I had to make peace between those two parts of myself. And I will say that it, it was a, a very slow process that I made the decision that I didn't want to have a job, that I wanted to create my own business and that I was going to be making things. And so there was that decision. And so they had to get along to a certain extent. Over time, 
they have gotten closer and closer and closer together. And now I think they are a good partnership between my maker side and my business side. And I think probably one of the biggest catalysts of making that happen was confidence and seeing that I could make something and people would buy it and that that developed a confidence in me that I was able to then make that connection between the business and the maker and the art. Mm, a good one. Does your business help validate your maker side? Yeah. My maker side likes to get paid. Doesn't like asking for the money, but it likes to get paid. How does it affect you when you develop a great relationship with a client based on, the, on them valuing your work? Oh, this is where it gets dangerous for me is that I often, as a, a creative or a creator or a maker, I often develop a relationship that is probably deeper than my clients develop with me. And so I tend to value them a bit more than they value me. And so they get a great deal sometimes. And so I have a great relationship with them. They probably have a, a good relationship with me and they appreciate what I do. But uh, yeah, there is definitely a play there between the, the relationship the business side, the maker side, the clients, and valuing my work. All right, let's see, one more. This one's from uh, Cerise. Cerise? Cerise? I can never remember. Hmm, okay. Um, a while back we were talking about static electricity, messing up your pores occasionally, and the possibility of degaussing seeing if you had a chance to experiment yet. Obviously, well, I don't say obviously. Static electricity is what caused this. So, there's a mold. Alright, hollow mold. I'm pouring from up here. And there's a static charge, static difference between the mold itself and silicone that I'm pouring inside. And so as it pours down, it veers off to the side. Alright. Uh, and it veers off into the, the side of the mold. No, I haven't solved that problem yet. Um, I have tried rubber mats. I've tried uh, touching the mold to the, the cup and trying to balance the, the difference of charge between them that way. Um, earlier this week, I was talking with somebody and they suggested um, using a rubber band around the cup. So I'm going to give that a try. And it's still something that I'm struggling with. I don't know. I can't quite figure out how to deal with it. I do remember there was a static electricity gun that I need to get. I forgot about that. So thanks for reminding me. Uh, a definition for wabi-sabi. Wabi-sabi is off-center beauty. Oh, kintsugi is the repair. That's correct. You are right. I forgot about that distinction. I always think of them as kind of being 
the same. But that off-center beauty is a really good way of saying something that isn't traditionally beautiful. And yeah. So that is my commentary on art versus business. Um, I don't know. I think I covered it pretty well. We uh, had a lot of good questions. So yeah, we'll do this again next week. I don't know what the topic for next week is going to be, but that's something. George is really good for coming up with ideas as well. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you.